0: Hello again, Fight Fans, and welcome to episode number 322 of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero, for Ring Magazine and the Ring Digital YouTube channel, where you're watching me live, and ringtv.com. As always, guys, we remind you, please make sure you're subscribed, and click that little notification bell so you never miss a live episode of the show. But if you do, it's all good. You can catch out the audio uh, you could catch up with the audio version the next day that is on podcast platforms around the world just look for uh, my handle montero unboxing and by the way if you're not following me on social including youtube i got my own youtube channel it is montero unboxing and you guys can check out my website montero where you can donate directly to the show that's uh, the best way to donate uh, if you want to tip the show at all, I don't care if it's 50 cents. If you're entertained, you want to tip the show, uh, check out MonteroBoxing.com. Also, if you want to get some mobts um you can definitely check them out there. You can pick them up and uh, we'll ship them out to you. All right. So, uh, yeah, TNC 322. And guys, look, we are in the middle of uh, a hot hot summer, right? And the schedule is a little dim right now. There's not a whole lot going on, but it's all good. We still got plenty to discuss. I'll get into all that. Um, You know, Maybe you guys want to call in and talk about Ryan Garcia. Maybe not. We'll, We'll find out. We'll see how the phone lines look. But in the meantime, I remind you, please, please make sure you pay that fee on this show. We do not charge a monetary fee. All I ask is that you share the show. This show gets around by word of mouth. We don't do ads here. I turn down requests to do ads all the time because I want to just do a boxing show, man, and just talk about it the way it used to be where there wasn't 5 billion ads throughout the show. If you listen to the audio, you're going to hear ads. But if you watch the video here live, no ads. And uh, we're one of the few boxing pods, um, you know, a known popular boxing pod that isn't full of a bunch of freaking ads. And we're able to get by with that Because of you guys, because you pay the fee. Just share the show. That's all I ask, man. If you get anything out of it, just share it. Post it on your your Instagrams, your TikToks, your whatever the hell. I don't even know because there's so many damn social media apps. I can't keep up with it. So, yeah, just share it. Get it out there, man, and and let your friends know what's up. All right, that's how we get the show going. Uh, We already got a bunch of you on the chat. Make sure that you smash that thumbs up button. And uh, thanks for being here, guys, if you're watching live. By the way, if you're watching live, it is the middle of July, like I said before, a very, very hot summer. I know you guys are having a heat wave over in Europe, over in the U.K., in Spain, uh, Portugal. Uh, You guys, it's burning up over there. It's been burning up here in America, too, particularly on the East Coast. Um, If you're watching right now, congratulations. Let Let me go ahead and get the applause going. You are truly, truly a boxing degenerate. Your, your your stamp, your irrevocable stamp, uh, your pass has been stamped. So congratulations to all of you for being true degenerates like me. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get into this. Uh, yes, yeah, so, okay, Yeah, Chris Bergen here in the chat. He's in the UK. He says, uh, heat wave in the UK, all-time record temperature due tomorrow is 37 in the north, 40 down south. Now, of course, that's Celsius for my – for my fellow Americans watching. I want to say, Chris, I want to say 36, 37 Celsius. That sounds to me like 96, 97 degrees Fahrenheit. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys can check. But um, I want to say, yeah, man, 40, if it hits 40, that's got to be 100 degrees Fahrenheit for you guys. Um, Yeah, so that's pretty freaking hot for England. That you guys must be dying (laughs) over there. You guys do not get heat like that, man. That is crazy. Oh, shit. No, I was a little off. Okay. Uh, Toreen says, hit the likes, you bastards. I agree with Toreen. Chris said that 37 Celsius is a buck four. Okay. My little brain calculator here, doing it in my head live, was a little bit off. Forgive me, guys. Man, that's hot as hell. 40 is 110? Holy shit, man. That's like Las Vegas weather. And I know you guys are not used to that. Plus, it's humid there. So, all right, I know you're waiting here to talk about the weather, but damn, that is crazy. You guys stay safe because I've heard uh, people in Spain and I think Portugal, like hundreds of people have died. I know it's usually like elderly folks and stuff, man. Just be careful, man. Crazy, crazy times, right? Never a dull moment. All right, news and notes. Not a whole lot to talk about, but I thought this was worth mentioning. Uh, Two things. Sinicia Estrada, who I still feel is one of the top five pound for pound female fighters in the sports um that's not universally agreed upon yet it's just my personal belief and believe me i've you know told the ring ratings committee my feelings on that i i do feel she is one of the best female fighters in the world anyway she is leaving golden boy promotions now we don't know where she's going quite yet but she said she has an announcement that is coming very very soon and she has some big stuff coming up she has been unhappy with golden boy recently uh so it'll be interesting to see who picks her up i got a couple ideas but you know i ain't gonna say nothing We'll find out. But I I enjoy watching her fight. And um, I met her and her team, uh, including family members, Uh, her team. A lot of her team is family members. But I met them um, at a gym along with my wife, a friend of mine named Joe Chavez, who um, is in a T-shirt business out there in L.A. He he helped print some of my first MOBTs and uh, they were doing like a photo shoot at a gym in South L.A., and they invited us to come down. And they got some uh, shots of me and Tiff. And we met Senecia Estrada and some other folks. Uh, and they were awesome people. And that's when she was really just getting started. It was long before her first world title or anything like that. She's always been super, super cool, man. If you're not following her on Twitter, uh, she's a pretty fun follow, too. Okay. Uh, I wanted to talk about this. And, and, you know, Look, I don't want to get into a whole inflation rant. And I just don't want to get political. I'm not going to do that. But ESPN Plus raising their rates from they call it 69, 99, let's just $70 a year. Okay. $70 a year to hundred dollars a year. And that is coming, I think at the end of next month, I tweeted about this posted it on my Instagram, man, that's like 42, 43% increase. That's a lot. It'd be one thing if you up at a dollar or two a month or something, but man, you're going from 70 to a hundred and I get it. It's a difference of $30. I, I You spend $80 on the pay per view. You guys overseas, you spend, I think in the UK, you're spending 25, 30 pounds on the pay per view. Correct me if I'm wrong. So it's not, you know, in the big scheme of things, it's not a whole lot. But man, every one of these freaking apps, the zone already went from 100 to 150. Now ESPN has jumped up. And what pisses me off about the zone, and we've talked about this on the show. But now they're doing pay-per-view and their whole marketing campaign the first couple of years is, oh, goodbye to pay-per-view. We're going to knock out pay-per-view. And now they're doing freaking pay-per-views. But not only that, man, they're doing ads, like commercials, TV ads during a pay-per-view broadcast. I've never freaking seen that before, the way that they're doing it. That's just disgusting. With all these apps, dude, and the money that you're paying, holy shit. It used to be that you were saving money by cutting the cord, right? Cutting cable and going to some of these apps. Now these apps all combined pretty much cost what people were paying for cable back in the day. And I believe, um, I think I I read this correctly, where ESPN Plus, the monthly cost, is now going to be more than the ESPN network itself cost. That's a first. What does this mean? Okay, I'm going to forget about the zone and everything else for a second, but specifically with ESPN, because the ESPN plus app was one of the few apps that was actually doing pretty well and bringing in some good revenue, high subscribership compared to some of these other sports apps. They were actually doing pretty damn good here in the States. But now because I want to say if you have your basic cable package here in America, you get ESPN and there's like eight of them now. Right. It's like eight different ESPNs. I want to say it's, I don't know, seven, six, seven bucks a month is what it ends up adding or costing you on your, your cable bill. So now the ESPN plus app is going to cost more than the network itself. And I believe, again, correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but of all the networks I can think of here in the States, specifically basic cable, premium cable. This is the first one that I can think of where the app costs more than the network itself. And remember, it's not one network, it's a package of networks, right? You got ESPN2, ESPN Deportes, all this stuff, right? And there's only one ESPN+. So why are you going to be paying more for the app than the actual network? Well, I could get into packaging and how they do all this stuff with the big cable companies. I'm not going to get into that and bore the shit out of you. But I think it's it's indicative of where the media is going. There are probably more people, with certain sporting events anyway, watching the ESPN Plus app that are actually watching the actual damn ESPN Plus network. And they can see the trending analysis moving. They can see where the viewership is moving, particularly live viewership uh, in in people's homes. And and then uh, DVRing something on ESPN versus watching a replay on ESPN Plus. They know where people are going and where they're watching stuff. And that's why they're starting to shift everything. That's just what it seems to be to me. Also, ESPN is just bleeding money. They're, they're losing money because uh, so many people are canceling their subscriptions and everything with cable. So um, they're moving more and more and more of it to the app. And I, you know, as I've been saying on a show forever, that's the future of the industry. It's not just boxing. More and more media in general is going this direction. So um, I just find it interesting that you know, you're going to pay more for the plus than you're going to pay for the actual networks on TV. What I find is that a lot of people don't even really get cable for ESPN. It's just part of a package. You get, you know, 100 channels or whatever and the, you know the 10 ESPN's are part of it. A lot of times ESPN is on at a bar as background noise, in an airport as background noise, in a restaurant as background noise, right? And in a lot of people's houses, let's be honest, and a lot of the break rooms of people's offices it's on his background noise. It's no different than like CNN or the weather channel, that kind of shit. But when people get ESPN plus, they're looking for a specific thing, a specific sport, sporting event, you know, that's where they're going and they're choosing that specific thing. And when you pull that up and click it and watch it, they know it, they can track all that. They can see it. They can't necessarily do that though with TV ratings when half of the damn. TVs that have ESPN plus on it's freaking background noise somewhere. It's not a specific person watching a specific thing. And I know that there are instances where it is, but anyway, I I just, you know, it's interesting in one respect because of what I just brought up, you know, how, how the media is shifting. That is interesting because ESPN, you know, uh, it's a major, well, it's, it's owned by a major corporation, Disney. And I understand there's the Disney Hulu bundle, And this is probably just trying to get people to do the bundle because Disney is abysmal. Their stock price, they've been getting hammered. Hulu's struggling. Uh, The entertainment options there for uh, some people just like there's nothing on Disney or Hulu I give a shit about. I don't watch any of it. And ESPN plus, I have it strictly for boxing. I don't care about anything else, right? The 30 for 30s are cool. That and boxing, some occasional football, that's it. So I'm not going to get the damn bundle, you know? Plus, I don't like Disney, they're evil. So, um, yeah, just all things considered, this sucks. This just sucks because over the last 18 months, inflation has hit, what, 9.1%? And it was going up before the war. The war didn't help. uh, But some politicians have used the war as an excuse. Um, But it's, it's, it's bad, right? And if you make as much money now as you've made a year or two ago, then you've actually lost money. If you got a raise, cool, but unless it's 9.1% or more, you've lost money. Most people, at least in America, and I know it's like this in many other parts of the world as well, okay, it's not just an American thing, um, have lost money over the last year or two. You're not making, your dollar does not go as far as it did. So unless you got a 10% or higher raise, you're struggling right now compared to where you were a couple of years ago financially. And um, all these apps are going up, man. I just saw our damn Verizon bill just went up and and they sent us a like an email like well because of inflation we're having to jack up our price. I'm like, "What? You kidding me?" All right, rant over. I just that sucks, man. And no, I'm not doing the damn bundle because I, I again, I don't watch any of that Star Wars shit. I know there's 18,000 Star Wars shows now on um on Disney, I think it is. I don't watch any of that crap. I actually you know, I like I actually have sex sometimes. I think all the Star Wars people You know, probably haven't had sex yet. I'm just joking. I'm just joking, guys. I know some of you have. All right, review time. (laughs) Uh, Last Wednesday, July 13th in Tokyo, Kazuto Ioka, unanimous decision win over Donnie Yetis. This was the fifth defense of Ioka's WBO junior bantamweight title. It was a near shutout. We can call it maybe 10-2, 9-3. That's pretty much what this fight was. Uh, Ioka has two losses, okay? But one of them was controversial, and that was his loss to Nietes in their first fight back in 2018. That was a split decision. Some people, a lot of people thought that Ioka had done enough. The other loss was to Amnat Rowenroeng back in 2014, who went on a pretty good run for a while, and that seemed to be pretty legit. That was a That was a loss there for Ioka, but he's been on a hell of a run. And he has titles now. I've tweeted about this in four different weight classes, fifth defense of this specific title. The one thing about Ioka, and I'm high on him, I rate him very highly. But, you know, the pound for pound list is getting crowded right now. There, there's about 15 fighters you can make a legitimate case for putting in the top 10 of the pound for pound list. And for me, I've been thinking about this a lot. For Ioka to get back in my top 10, because he was there, he's been bounced out. Dude, he's got a unified titles. He's got to fight one of the other top guys, even if it's one of these older dudes. Now, Nietzsche counts. That was a fantastic win. And he's had a couple of good wins recently. But I want to see him in there against an Estrada, against a Chocolatito, you know, that type of fighter. I want to see how he does outside of Japan, in the West, against one of those guys. Um, That's still missing on his resume. And, And with some of the Japanese fighters, they do travel. They come over, Right. Some of them don't. They just kind of stay over there. And they might go to like Macau, China, or Thailand, the Philippines, whatever. But they don't come over to the West. I want to see Ioka uh, travel. I really want to see that. Friday, July 15th, Top Rank had a show from Temecula, California on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Arnold Barboza stays perfect, improves to 27-0. and 0 with a unanimous decision win in a 10-rounder junior welterweight fight, of course, 140 pounds, against Danielito Zoria, uh, who suffered his first loss as a pro. This was Mexico versus Puerto Rico in terms of the the fighter's heritage. Uh, Yeah, first pro loss for Zoria. Barboza says he wants Tiafimo Lopez next. And, of course, that's what Top Rank wants to do. I think it's very, very possible that we can see that fight by the end of this year. And that could be a fun fight in New York, somewhere in that area, you know, November, December, somewhere in that timeframe. That'd be awesome. I hope we don't have to wait till next year because Barboza has kind of been on the shelf for a minute. So he got his ring rust off with this performance. Tia Fimo has a fight coming up. That's a gimme. It's a layup. He'll win that fight. And then both of these guys, should there be no injuries for Tio and get him right back in the ring, November, December. I think that'd be Awesome. Uh, to see those two fight, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Lightweight prospect out of Southern California, Raymond Murataya improved to fifteen and zero. He's twenty five years old from that Greater Los Angeles area in an eight round uh, fight, and of course one thirty five is a lightweight prospect. Uh, this fight actually was a little over lightweight. I think um, they came in a little over, but he's he's gonna settle in that lightweight. And then Saturday, July sixteenth is Golden Boy Promotions, the return of Ryan Garcia. In Los Angeles at the crypto.com arena. I still hate that freaking name. It's still Staple Center. I don't give a damn. Uh, this was broadcast on the zone and in the undercard, Alexis Rocha, a unanimous decision win and a 10-rounder, 147 pounds. And Lamont Roach, unanimous decision win. In a 12-round fight, um, junior lightweight, 130 pounds. This was a WBA eliminator. So he's factors uh, are figures to be in line for a shot at one of the WBA's 14,000 titles there at 130 pounds at some point over the next year or so. In the main event, Ryan Garcia, KO6 win over Javier Fortuna, who was dropped in a fourth, fifth, and sixth round. Does not beat the count when he got dropped in the sixth. This was a 140-pound fight. It was not Ryan Garcia who wanted 140. Apparently, it was Javier Fortuna himself that requested 140 pounds. Um, I told you guys on my show Friday on my channel, Montero Unboxing, if you're not subscribed, you're a terrible person. Do it now. Um, On our show Friday, we talked about this, and I said, listen, Fortuna... I'm not going to say this you know. people. Oh, it was a dive. You you always have those crazy conspiracy people. That's not what this was. To me, this was a fighter that was a little over the hill, a little bloated, um, coming in a little heavy, wasn't training seriously, not a hundred percent. He was in shape, but not in that prime shape, premium conditioning, right? It's like when you get that premium car wash. And then there's the super duper deluxe premium car wash, right? He got that regular shit. He got that regular car wash, not that super duper premium shit, right? <clears throat> that, that's where he was conditioning wise. And he looked a little soft at the way in And I told you guys Friday, last Friday, bet on Garcia stoppage. And that's what you saw. Uh, so listen, Ryan Garcia did his job here. He did pretty much everything you could ask for him to do. I also told you guys last week that Golden Boy Promotions has wanted this fight for over a year now. They saw something in Fortuna that worked style-wise and size-wise for Garcia. They've wanted this fight for a while. They're matchmakers. They had their eyes set on this matchup. There was a reason for that. And you saw why, all right? So had this fight taken place last year, at this time, like it was originally supposed to, you know, maybe it goes to the ninth, 10th, 11th round. I still think Garcia gets the stoppage. It may have been at one thirty-five. He may have been a little more sapped. Maybe wouldn't have had as much pop in his punches, uh, whatever in the end, style wise. And with these guys, their size, the trajectory, trajectory of their careers, where they're at right now, I still think Garcia would have won that fight. Now he gets the sixth round knockouts. And of course, uh, the first thing he says is he calls out Gervonta Tank Davis, right? And people have been talking about this all weekend. So this is what boxing Twitter has been discussing all weekend since this fight. And these two have been compared a lot. Ryan King, Ryan Garcia, Gervonta Tank Davis. Now, on the surface, I understand it. First of all, let me say this. Neither side wants that damn fight. Neither side, Okay. We could sit here and nitpick about which side is ducking more, and there is one side that is avoiding it more. I think you guys know which side is. is. It doesn't really matter. Neither side really wants this fight right now. It ain't happening, so let's just drop it, okay, in terms of actually believing the fight's going to happen because it's not. What I don't understand, I mean, on the surface, marketing to casuals and rubes, as I call them, simpletons, yokels, I understand why they make the comparison, but there really shouldn't be a comparison between these two fighters yet. Uh, I even saw some dummies on Twitter um, trying to beef and saying like, um, well, Gervonta Davis sold more tickets to that same arena. Cause I guess this, this fight sold about 11,000 tickets at Staples center. And when Gervonta Davis fought, Isaac Cruz, it did 15,000, right? And so there are people on Twitter, idiots, dummies, saying, uh, well, that proves that Tank is a bigger name, right? And there's this this dick-measuring competition between these two groups of fans and media lackeys who are kind of getting paid indirectly uh, through this whole thing uh, that go back and forth over this kind of shit. Well, this guy has more social media followers. Well, this guy sold more tickets. They always leave out the details. Javante Davis's fight against Isaac Cruz, yes, it was the same venue. Yes, it did about 4,000 more tickets. It was also an early December fight card with a strong co-feature that brought in several thousand tickets, mind you. Sebastian Fondura fought in the co That's in L.A., and he brought in several thousand tickets uh, for his co- that, that fight in the co So they have a stronger card, but also an early December fight card versus a mid-July fight card. Anybody in the boxing industry will tell you that um, a mid July fight card is not going to do as well commercially for the most part. There are exceptions, particularly in the international market, but specifically in the American market. A mid summer fight card is not going to sell like a fall show, a winter show, an early spring show. It just doesn't. Generally speaking, guys, the boxing promoters from the two in between the two Mexican holidays over the summer, they slow down. You don't see as many big name matchups there. You see more stay busy type fights in that summer time frame. There's several reasons for this. Anyway, I only bring that up because I just saw dummies making that stupid comparison about number of ticket sales and then people bounce you know bounce back with social media and all this different stuff. And my thing is listen, King Rai is twenty three years old he has 23 fights. He went pro in 2016. He's never fought for a world title. He's never fought on pay-per-view or headlined a pay-per-view card. Gervonta Tank Davis is 27 years old. He went pro in 2013. He only has a few more fights, sadly, 27 fights, even though he's been a pro for more than three years longer. But he's marketed as a four-division world champion, and he has headlined Several pay-per-view cards now. These two fighters are at two different stages of their careers. If you want to compare King Ryan Garcia to anybody, compare him to Devin Haney, compare him to Tiafema Lopez, because he's, he has more in common with, you know, his length of time fighting as a pro, his age, those sorts of things with those fighters. That's who I'd compare him to. Javante Davis is going to be 28 years old later this year. Dude is not a prospect, and he actually has held a legit world title. When he beat uh, Jose Pedraza five years ago or whatever that was, that was a legit world title fight, and he's fought for pieces of the WBA belt, the Reggie belt, the Super all these – I can't even keep up with the types of WBA belts he's fought for. But even though they're not the legit world title, it's being marketed that way. And he's a pay-per-view guy, right? He's being marketed as a headliner – A quote unquote pay per view star, a four division world champion. Ryan Garcia is still being developed or uh, marketed as a developing fighter who uh, just got with a new trainer. This was his second fight with him. These two are in different stages of their careers, in my opinion. What's crazy is that in terms of their level of opposition, it's not that different. Now, I'd put Javante Davis's level of opposition slightly above. Ryan Garcia's, just because when he fought Leo Santa Cruz, the amount of experience Leo Santa Cruz had more experienced than just about all of, um, Ryan's fight, uh, opponents. So in that sense, I'll give the edge to tank. But when you look at the fact that Leo Santa Cruz started at what? 118, 122. Uh, he had some decent work at 26, but you know, he moved way up. To fight Tank, and that was basically a cash out fight. That was what Mikey Garcia did for Errol Spence, right? And you see that happen over there a lot, the way they do business. And look, man, Ryan Garcia, his team is doing the same damn thing. Javier Fortuna, small guy that they, you know, came up. And you know who they're going to fight next? Joseph Diaz Jr., who, you know, it started at what, 126? And they're going to fight him. They're going to make him probably come up to 140, right? So they're doing the same thing over there. I get it, guys, you know. But the reality is, I, yeah. Javante Davis went pro in 2013. It's 2022. That's nine years. He's been a pro for almost a decade. Okay. You're comparing that to a guy in Ryan Garcia, who I would call a contender now, a legit contender, but he's just getting to that contender stage. He's just getting there. So to me, to compare these two fighters and to try to make them the next big thing, thats let, you know, it's going to be the new Floyd Manny thing. Which is so freaking annoying to me. It's gonna be the new Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder thing. And it, it just drives me nuts the way they do this. I get why they do it, particularly over on Tank's team. Um, and the way that they market over there and the way they do things. I get why they're doing it. it it's getting their base riled up, and you know, that's that's how you get people's emotions involved and everything. I get it. And for the record, You know, Ryan Garcia didn't make it any better by calling out Tank's name, knowing damn well that fight ain't happening. He knows that fight ain't going to happen, but he's kind of, you know, using that to build himself up a little bit and to make him seem like he wants it to his fans, right? So it's this game that these guys play. Let me just set the record straight here. You're not going to see Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis fight anytime soon. I also think that Ryan Garcia is probably going to stay at 140. He looked really, really good at 140. And 140 is about to blow up. 135 right now has a legit, unified, undisputed champion, that's Devin Haney. He's contractually locked in to fight against uh, George Cambosos again. Maybe that fight happens. I think it will because it's easy money for, for Devin Haney to do it again. As long as he can make 135, he's going to go through with that. So if you're Ryan Garcia, unless you want to fight Devin Haney, which is a fight I'd rather see, I'm a boxing purist. I'd rather see Ryan Garcia fight Devin Haney before he fights Tank Davis. I want to see Tank Davis fight somebody at his level. Another veteran fighter who's been a pro for eight, nine years. Not one of these kids that's just still figuring it out. Uh, That's who I want to see Tank fight. But I don't think Ryan Garcia is going to fight Devin Haney. I think he's going to stay at 140 because Josh Taylor already got stripped of one belt. He's maybe going to fight one time more in that division. Then he's moving up and all those belts are going to open up and there's going to be opportunities to fight for a vacant title there soon within the next year. And I think that's what Ryan Garcia and his team are targeting. That's the way I see it anyway. All right. We got some super chats to catch up on. And then I got a preview. What's up this week? There are some fights this week. Tretnam Nam Perea with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, my man. He says, Ergachev, Detroit card looks dope. Ismailov Hicks. When is Ergachev fighting up there in Detroit? Let's see. See if I can find this. Shojahan Ergoshev. Let's pull up his resume. He is fighting at the Garden Theater August 10th in Detroit. Interesting. Who else we got in that card? Yeah, we got Joseph Hicks Jr. We got Prince Zani. Ali ismalov. Yeah, I got a lot of these prospects. Wow, I got a bunch of undefeated prospects on that card. Interesting. From Salida Promotions. Okay. I'll check that out. Garden Theater of Detroit. All right. I like that show. That's a fun show. And then we got... Um, Sam with the super chat. Thank you, Sam. He says Regis versus Ryan at 140 is a good fight next. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see it. Does it happen? No, Um, it doesn't, which sucks. But yes, I agree with you, man. I'd love to see that. Honestly, though, um, I guess, you know, I was going to say Ryan Garcia isn't ready for Regis pro but when is he going to be ready? At some point, he's really got to step up, right? That'd be a big step up for him. Regis Progre is a good fighter, a physical fighter, too. Uh, so that would definitely be a tough fight for him. I'd love to see it. Don't think we will, but boy, would I love to be proven wrong. All right, preview time. This Saturday, July 23rd, Top Rank has another show at the Grand Casino in Hinkley, Minnesota. This is on ESPN+. I don't think it's on the network. It's on the app. And this is a decent fight card okay i don't want to bash these fighters but what i'm going to say is this is the level of stuff that they leave exclusive to the app there aren't many fights that you get that are super high level fights that are exclusive to the app they usually put that stuff on the network so for boxing if you're subscribing to espn plus strictly for boxing are you getting your money's worth right now you know i can say the same thing with the zone but i feel like the zone has had more shows because it's not like there's a DAZN network where I could watch them, right? What's cool about ESPN Plus is anything that's on the network does go over to the plus. So if you miss the live uh, broadcast on the network, you can watch it on the plus later. That's nice. But also, if you got DVR, which ninety nine percent of people who have cable now do, it comes with you know your your bundle or whatever. You could just DVR or record the show on TV and watch that later. So Again, I ask, is ESPN Plus giving you enough value for $100 a year as a boxing fan? I know a couple of you guys on Twitter told me that ESPN Plus for UFC fans, you you have to pay for the app, I guess, and then also pay for the UFC pay-per-views. And they do multiple pay-per-views a year, and they're $75 a pop. So they're gouging UFC fans over there as well. If I'm incorrect about that, please correct me, guys, in the chat. But that's what I've been told. Um, so it, it's not just boxing. They really seem to kind of be gouging dudes right now. Anyway, this is the level of show <clears throat> that they leave exclusive to the app. It's not really a high-level show. This, to me, is a midsummer July show. This is the epitome of a July show. Um, Joe Gonzalez against Isaac Dogbay. Look, for a diehard fight freak, this is a good matchup. This is featherweights, 10 rounds. Uh, Joe Gonzalez, 25-2, 28 years old, based out of Los Angeles. Dogbay is 23-2. Both of these guys have two losses in their careers, right? Gonzalez is a taller, longer guy. His losses were to Shakur Stevenson in 2019 and Emmanuel Navarrete in 2021. Was never stopped. Went to distance. Seems like a durable guy. Especially at 126. Dog Bay, best work was at 122. Junior Featherweight moved up recently. His two losses were both to Navarrete Went the distance in the first one, was stopped in the second one, and quite quite frankly, got beat up in that second one. Uh, has looked pretty good since he's moved up to 126. You know, he's had a couple of wins, got back in the wing column. How's it going to look against Joe Gonzalez? We'll find out. But uh, this should be an entertaining, die-hard fight fans kind of matchup. I think the gambling guys will be into this. They'll have fun with it. But, um, again, ESPN Plus, this is like the, the level of show that you're getting strictly on the app. I don't know, man. 100 bucks a year, I, you got to give me a little bit more. Also on this card, uh, Gabriel Flores Jr. going up against Giovanni Cabrera, who was born Giovanni Cabrera Mioletti. And dropped the Mioletti off of his name and just kept it Giovanni Cabrera. I'm curious about that. I'm not sure quite why he did that. Uh, Flores 21 and one Mioletti. I'm sorry, Cabrera 20 and 0. Ten rounds, lightweights. Flores. You know what's interesting about this fight? Both guys only have seven stoppages. So Flores has seven stoppages in 22 career fights. This, of course, is his second fight back since his first pro loss. So Luis Alberto Lopez in 2021, Cabrera, seven stoppages in just 20 fights. And this is a step up in class for him. So if you're betting that fight, yeah, you should bet the over. (laughs) You can almost guarantee it's probably going over. Neither one of those guys hits hard. And then uh, undefeated Italian heavyweight Guido uh, Vianello, he is fighting in an eight rounder against TBA, otherwise known as Tom Bob Anderson. All right, um, so that's that for the preview. Let me, uh, I saw. Let me make sure I got this correct because who was in the? I think Keith is saying Keith in the chat says total cost for UFC fans will be over one thousand dollars annually after the new fees are put in place. <laughs> one thousand might be exaggerating it slightly, but yeah, I think those guys are starting to pay a lot too. It, what's interesting is. You know, the UFC has become very corporate since that $4 billion sale and the very thing that made their sport grow so much and the very thing that, you know, they, they bitched about some of the issues in boxing, uh, they're starting to go down that route. You can see it happening already. Um, so, you know, it's just what happens as things get bigger. The one thing that still happens in UFC is fans get the fights they want because there's really one organization. It's just, boy, are you starting to pay for it a lot. Torian says, I hate that this is a crossroads fight for dog Bay. His losses are to the same person. Yeah. I hear you, man. I I just think, you know, he got beat up in that Navarrete fight and look, maybe it could have been one of those fights that changed him. It could have just been one of those nights that it was just no big deal. Like he recovered from it and he's still the guy that he was before that. I think we're going to find out in this fight, you know, we're going to, we're going to get answers. We should get answers. All right, let's jump to these phones, man. Um, got a few phone calls here, guys. Let's do it. And uh looks like we got Jack. We got a UK call. We got Nacho. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's jump to Jack first. Jack, what's up, man? You're on the show.
1: Hey, it's pretty early for the phones. I wasn't expecting it to be that early. It's pretty, uh, like, damn, dude. But uh, dude, Ryan. It surprised me that was insane like i thought he was gonna win but i was like maybe uh what's his face can pull it off fortuna i was like maybe fortuna can pull it off but dude he's the real deal and i think you'll agree with me when i say styles make fights and i think there's no way in hell haney to beat garcia i see garcia knocking out haney
0: it'd be a fun fight man i i think um i mean sh- In terms of like speed and explosiveness, obviously Ryan Garcia, a lot, I I think he's faster. I think he's more explosive, hits harder. But as far as as craft and boxing and footwork and keeping his chin tucked and stuff, I give Haney the edge. I think that'd be a really good fight, dude. That'd be a good just uh, style of uh, matchup style, you know? And that's like, I'd love to see that one, but no one's talking about it. Nobody.
1: chris says shout out to the time jack alter called in while serving customers oh shit you remember that you're like yeah Why don't
0: you oh get dude that, shit? Why
1: don't you
0: that's get... when you were you still worked at yeah. myers right i think you still worked at myers
1: yeah Myers. oh
0: god that was funny <laughs> as hell man good times
1: yeah dude wanted Redbox. It's like bro who the fuck gets red boxing
0: <laughs> i didn't even know they still have that shit <laughs> that's crazy
1: yeah, I, yeah, I, I remember that shit like when I was a kid, like Blockbuster when I was like five years old. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> but, um, no, Ryan showed a lot of skill. He showed a great jab, great offense. And, dude, uh, Hamed says, who does Jack Tank wins, R- Tank or Ryan? By the way, Hamed talks so much shit just to be uh, – just to come on and never say anything about me. But, dude, you want to hear my Hamed impression?
0: do Whoa, it
2: how
1: are you Mike? And then he's like uh, then he's like i'm good i'm good
3: <laughs> he said it twice and accent
0: like, was pretty solid good, that was pre- we got to hear hamed's opinion of, of your uh, impression of hamed but that that accent was pretty good yeah bro don't talk
1: shit come on come on you want to talk about all the shit in the chat come on bro i want to smoke but um no uh what i think about the tank ryan fight i think that's honestly like 60 40 for tank because
0: yeah as of like right now, did. as of right now,
1: yeah, would you agree? Like 60 40 for tank,
0: I think so, man. And that, but I think it might change. Um, you know, maybe Garcia develops more. My thing with tank is he hasn't really developed in recent years because his opposition hasn't gotten better. You know, I think, I think Ryan Garcia's been developing a little bit, he still makes huge mistakes, but he has been developing. So, says, get Cesc- yeah, to I Golovkin. <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah, well I right now. Uh, gun your head gun your head. Imagine if it happened. Uh I already texted this to you. Floyd versus triple D, gun your head, one of the four if it actually happened.
0: You're talking like prime for prime?
1: Yeah, 154.
0: Prime for prime, one fifty four. Dude, I you know, I would maybe take Glovkin points if the if this if the judges were being um fair. Fair. Yeah. Um I do think Floyd defensively would be able to last the distance for sure but i just think glovkin's jab would be good i think it'd be very close i think because floyd would make glovkin miss a lot but glovkin prime glovkin the jab to the chest and some of the body work um i really think he could win a decision against floyd um 115 113 something like that
2: interesting
4: interesting but
1: I love Triple G because he gets so much hate, and I have to stand up for the guy because he's such an accurate puncher. If Cotto was making like Floyd's nosebleed with the jab and like hurting him and winning fight with his jab, imagine what Golovkin
2: would do. Yeah,
1: actually, ima- yeah. imagine how. I mean, you can't really like I talked to Layman about Vladimir Klitschko's jab, who has an all-time great jab, and I think I've said this on the show before. Um, you can't. It's one of those jabs where you can't move your head out of the way in time. You gotta put your uh hands up to defend it he was like I couldn't uh defend Vladimir's jab by moving moving my head with it I had to keep my hands up to block it it's like that with Triple D so I think Triple G would uh, uh take that fight and uh I was gonna ask one more Triple G question just because just to make Hamed piss <laughs> but um yeah uh, prime for prime Canelo versus Golovkin prime Golovkin versus prime Canelo. So probably the, what if it was 2018 Canelo versus the prime
0: triple G? I still think it goes to distance, but I just think Golovkin wins more clearly. I think it's, you know, probably still eight, four or nine, three or something like that, just in terms of styles. But I think that the rounds would be more decisive and it'd be harder to rip triple G off. But I think, I still think it goes go to distance, man, because We've we've just never seen Canelo stop, dude. He he does have a very good chin and a good defense overall. So I think it go to distance, obviously I picked triple G.
1: Interesting. Then one more thing I wanted to touch on, because you said this. I said for the Canelo triple G trilogy, I'm kinda worried that it's gonna be another close fight and they're gonna and most are gonna have Triple G winning and then they're gonna give it to um Canelo. Then he said, I think they get the scorecards right.
0: So, what do you mean by that? Who? Who? Me? <laughs> I think that um, yeah,
1: you, said,
3: you said that to me.
0: Yeah, I think that they're going. I think that they're going to be fair scorecards this time around. I just think all things considered, we should expect the scores to be fair. Um, I still haven't given my prediction for that fight. I'm going to wait, Jack. We got a lot of time before that fight. We got a lot of fights coming up before that that I'm looking forward to and I'm thinking about and breaking down. We got over two months before that fight so um when we get closer to it i'll make right, a prediction bro. but i i think that i think the judges will be good man i, I really do i'm going to be positive
1: i i hope so too man all right you have a good night and i'll be listening into the show
0: all right thanks jack peace man yes sir all right i think you know what i think hamed is next yeah i should have brought hamed on the line with jack that would have been great let's bring hamed on here i think this hamed is this you
3: yeah, yeah.
0: Hey, what's up, man? How you doing?
3: Nothing much, man. Same as usual. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not mad at what you're saying. But I think he was uh over, comment over Golovkin and Sergio Martinez. I, yeah, I, I think him from him the Friday while, show. I, yeah. yeah, I know him for a while because I used he, when he started to watch boxing, he used to be on another show, and I, I used to hear his opinion. I mean, let's just be real. He, He's a big Golovkin fan. I'm not a, a detractor. I hate him by any stretch, but I don't know if he was watching boxing when Sergio Martinez was beating up guys like Pavlik, uh, Paul Williams, and Chavez. Now I'm not saying that that means he would have beaten Golovkin. I just don't think that would have been a cakewalk. Because Stalwa is uh,
2: oh yeah, no
3: after way. The I I, I can see Golovkin winning that fight. But to me, that would have been like a close fight. Uh, Maybe Golovkin drops him, but I don't know about knocking him out. Uh, It's possible, but...
0: I think it's possible. I think... I'm I'm with you, though. I think it would have been a close fight. But I think Golovkin's jab would have slowed down Sergio's movement. And I think there would have been an opportunity for Golovkin to stop him late. But I definitely... I would have edged that fight to Triple G. I would have.
3: Yeah, but what time are we talking about the fight? Because I, I don't know. If, like, a lot of these Golovkin fans, I don't know if they were watching boxing. I'm not talking about normal fans like these for Because in 2010 and 2011, Sergio Martinez, I know he started boxing late, but he was like 34, 35. And at that time, I know it wasn't Golovkin's fault, but he wasn't even... I don't even think he was ranked by Ring Magazine because he had that problem. No, he wasn't. Because uh, he had a problem with his, I think, European promoter. But... I'm saying if they fought when Sergio Martinez was close to his prime, I I don't know about knockoffs. I I can see Golovkin winning. It's possible he could stop him late, but I don't think that's a cakewalk. Definitely not a cakewalk. He was fighting a very good fight. He was vulnerable, so I could definitely see people arguing for Golovkin, but I think the speed, the the footwork, I do think he was a fight that could have went either way. So I'm not going to argue one way or the other, but I just think. Here's then, here's why I would say.
0: I do you remember when um, Sergio was stopped by Antonio Margarito? Now, I mean, that was early in his career. Two
3: thousand. That was a long, long. Time. Right, I know, yeah, I but, know. Uh, but he
0: had been stopped before, you know. And, and so, when you have that, and he had been dropped, Richard Williams in a, in a fight in England dropped Martinez. Yeah, yeah, he, I know, I
3: remember. Right, so, so he
0: had been dropped multiple times, and again, um, you know, he he came to the sport late. I get all. and again, I think I thought highly of Martinez. I thought he was a real good fighter. Um, I, I remember him being willing to move down to one fifty four to fight Floyd. Floyd wanted absolutely no part of it. He was willing to move up to. They briefly talked about to fight um, Andre Ward when he was at one sixty eight and at a catchweight, and Ward had wanted no part of that. So, you know i'm just matthew macklin dropped him i'm just saying uh martin murray dropped him yeah. Miguel Cotto. No, I
2: get that,
3: but I think, so no i i he was completely shocked yeah you're right Fato. he was I shot he really, was shot
0: by that. you're right you're right
3: his fight against chavez was like Faccio's fight against uh margarito i don't think either one of those guys was the same, but i was saying he, he was the guy that used to fight down to his level of competition so
2: yeah good point big good fight. point
3: uh, I, in his big fights. He did impress because I know Pavlik dropped him, but to me, like that was nothing to be ashamed of because Pavlik was a monster in middleweight. And he yeah, pa- yeah. And he and he beat Pavlik like conclu- conclusively, like eight nine rounds. So he had very good wins over. Uh, I think it was Paul Williams, Chavez, and Pavlik. And if you had, I know Cidu uh Gingeric, if I pronouncing his name correctly maybe wasn't as good as some of those guys but he was highly rated as well and Martinez had blitzed him I think yeah. it was about 8-9 rounds so I couldn't see the argument either way I just do things out would have been the easy fight that, that was all my contention was but I could definitely see Golovkin winning that fight the only thing is back in 2010 I don't know if Golovkin would have been ready because by the time Golovkin kind of settled in and was at his peak that was around 2014-15 by that time Martinez was done so Four or five years prior, at that time, Martinez was highly ranked on the top of our list. So I could definitely see Martinez winning that fight as well. But regarding the weekend action, I do think Ryan Garcia could beat Javante Davis. I don't know about people what they think, but if he's at 140, I don't know. I've just got a feeling Javante Davis has regressed. And to me, that will come down to if Ryan Garcia could actually tuck his chin in. Because
2: mm-hmm.
3: I know a lot of people are making making above his resume, but I wanted to ask one thing. Do you think um, Javonta has a better win than Frank Garcia's win over Luke Campbell?
0: Yeah, I've heard a couple shows uh, talk about that, you know, um, comparing... So for me, I, I think Tink's best win is Jose Pedraza. A lot of people would point to Leo Santa Cruz just because of the name recognition, but he was so past his best fighting weight and so past his best uh in terms of his being past his prime I i rate Tang's best win as Pedraza, and I would say that um yeah um Luke Williams was was Ryan Garcia's best win I I, I don't know man they're kind of even to me they're, they're kind of they're, one really doesn't stand out above the other flip a coin you know that's the that's the way I see it
3: uh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. Luke Campbell did want to go. Oh, Luke Campbell! I called him Luke Williams. I'm one. sorry,
0: uh, Luke Campbell. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> there is a Luke Williams, but yeah, yeah, it was Luke Campbell.
3: <clears throat> yeah, for Draga one, I think he was a world title. But yes. in terms of like against Lomachenko, uh, Luke Campbell did give Lomachenko a really good fight. Uh, I know he lost decisively, but to me that that was quite impressive. see it did against him, so I think that win could argue maybe better than a lot. Javante you can make Davis, that argument for sure. The to fight,
2: yeah.
3: If they were, yeah, If the to fight, uh, I think Javante Davis would be a favorite. But if it's that one forty, I don't know about that, and the weight uh, would be a problem. But yes, do you think would. that fight could happen? Because I don't know about the weight issue if they could both come to agreement.
0: That fight's not going to happen for a long time, and what's going to end up happening? What I could see, I mean, right, right now it's just up to the networks, right? So they'll they'll say, well, you know, P- PBC will say. You know, Ryan Garcia has to fight over here. Golden boy will say, no, no, Javante Davis has to fight over here. And that's how they're going to stall the fight. If at any point the network issue gets cleaned up, then it will be an issue of weight. And Ryan Garcia is going to eventually be at welterweight. He's going to keep moving up. So I think what team Davis will do is use the weight as an excuse to not fight. So I, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. All right, yeah, but it's that's probably how it would work. But I'm with you, man. I think at some point, if as long as Ryan Garcia can keep improving as he moves up in weight, yeah. and I think there's a there's a good chance he's going to look better at 140 than he looked at 135. I really do. You got to remember, he's only 23. Um, he might surpass Tank Davis in terms of ability because the thing with Tank is I haven't seen any extra levels on the guy. He's very explosive. He sets up the the counter uppercut beautifully. Uh he has some nice angles, but I haven't seen much development. I have seen little wrinkles in Ryan Garcia's game. His chin is still way up in the air. He gets away with it against these shorter guys. But, you know, I, I don't know. We gotta just we gotta see, I guess. The thing is, he's four years younger than Tank. So where will Garcia be four years from now? That's the question.
3: Oh no, no, that's a, that's a that's a good point. But I don't think he's a prospect. I think he's more of a contender. He's a though. contender.
0: So, yeah, I agree.
3: Maybe he could have one more. Maybe he could have one more fight. But I think uh, I do think that size could be a factor. And I don't know about guys like Rolly Romero, Barriga, Speed, but better. And to me, if I was a Javante Davis fan, I'd be concerned because I thought Rolly Romero was like four, or five rounds up, uh, whatever until the stoppage. So. I'm not sure if that's a foregone conclusion. You never know. Frank Davis could just end up catching him and knocking him out after Definitely. Frank Garcia is really But I just got a feeling, the longer that fight goes on, that could t- go one way or the other. And I do think size matters. And in that fight, Javante Davis' recent competition could could haunt him. But we'll see. I still have my doubts for so what happens. But I'll let you go, and I'll let you get to the next caller. All right.
0: Thanks, Ahmed. Have a good one, man. All right, we got a big super chat from Chris Singh. Thank you so much, Chris. He says uh, props to golden boy on the matchmaking chin up. Ryan makes him a pinata for a sharpshooter tank in three rounds. And I'm not that high on tank. Damn. Says uh, if triple G beats Canelo by stoppage, where does Canelo's career go? b showed how to get the KO. All right, so a lot of good stuff here, Chris. Uh, Thank you for the super chat, brother. Awesome, man. Um, You're right, totally right about Golden Boy with the matchmaking, and that's something I talked about last week. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll mention this one more time for the people that just got on the show. Golden Boy Promotions has been seeking out the Javier Fortuna fight for Ryan Garcia for over a year. They saw something there, and their matchmakers crushed it. They saw something stylistically, and then in terms of the size of the fighters let's be honest uh um, Ryan a lot taller longer heavier naturally heavier um cuz you know fortuna weighed 140 but uh he, that's not his natural weight right so so they saw something there and i'm with you ryan garcia is keeping his chin up in the air he backs straight up that's how campbell was able to catch him fortuna tried it he didn't have the height or length to pull it off like campbell did Travante Tank Davis wouldn't either, but Tank does other things. That uppercut, oh, I really think he could catch King Rai right now with that uppercut. I really, really do. Um, And he'd be able to get under a lot of the shots that King Rye throws. So um, right now I would pick Tank. I don't know about three rounds. It's possible. But three, four years from now, my question is, how much better is Tank going to get in that time versus Garcia, can Garcia working with Goosen and let's be real, he looked better in this fight and I a lot of it is matchmaking, but he did look a little bit better in this fight than the last one. Um, can he learn to continue using his length, but get that chin down and get this head off the line, get your combination off and either get your head off the line or step with your head off the line and pivot out something like that rather than just backing straight up? Can they start working that in? Can they match him against some tall, long guys like a Lou Campbell? You know, are there other guys like that that he could get in there and fight that don't necessarily hit that hard to work on some of that stuff? Um, That remains to be seen. But I'm with you. Right now, I would pick Tank in that fight. Now, Triple G, if he beats Canelo, and especially by stoppage. I mean, that would almost kind of be a freak thing because nobody has even put a dent in Canelo. He got buzzed one time real early in his career, but that, I think that was like 147. He was a prospect. Who gives a shit? As a full-fledged contender slash champion, nobody's ever put a dent in Canelo. So um, if, if Triple G were actually to stop him, that would change everything for Canelo. I mean, his career would take a hit at that point, not because of the loss, but because of the stoppage. People would say, well, wait a second, two L's in a row, one of them by stoppage against the guy that you hate more than anybody else in the world. What's going on here, right? That really would change the business. As far as Canelo losing to Triple G, period, if he loses a decision if it's like, let's say it's a close fight that could go either way. Like the second fight was, but this time Golovkin gets the decision. Probably not going to happen, but I'm just saying if it did, um, I think there's a lot of fans out there who would kind of look at it like, well, that's the universe, you know, writing a wrong and working everything out. And now we can all just move on. I don't think that really hurt his marketability that much, but he'd have to get right back in there, man. Real, real soon. He'd have to get back in there. Um, probably to early, early next year and and get a solid, solid win. Um, And, you know, the the rematch with Bivol is looming, but he has to look really, really impressive against Golovkin and win big in that fight for people to really be interested in the rematch with Bivol or else that's going to be a tough sell too. All right, let's get to this other super chat. CJ Duncan in the house with the super chat. Thank you, CJ. He says PBC duck in the zone. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that, that's that's probably the best way to put it because it's true. Uh, but you know, I could also say Grandpa Bob and, and top rank duck in the zone. Although, you know what, they have done cross promotional fights before. Cause they had Ramirez fight uh Hooker. So they've done stuff like that before, but yeah. Everybody ducking. All right, back to the phones we go. And we got Nacho on the line. What's up, Nacho? How you doing, man?
5: All right, Mike. Uh, Not too bad. Um, So in regards to uh, Ryan Garcia, like you said, we called it. You know, he got the stoppage in the middle of the fight. Um, Basically just beat up a fat, out of shape, uh, Javier Fortuna. Like you said, it was really good matchmaking by uh, Golden Boy. Um, There were a couple of things, though, Mike, like you were talking about right now, about uh, Ryan being with Goosen. There's a few things he definitely has to clean up moving forward. The first one being um, he definitely needs to stop that habit of when a guy throws a punch at him, instead of either tucking his chin or, you know, trying to use his gloves to block the shot, he has this habit of pulling his head back in the air and leaving himself wide open for something looping coming over the top. He's lucky Fortuna wasn't long enough and tall enough to land something because yeah. I think he would get nailed with something if he if he doesn't fix that. The other thing too, Mike, is uh, relying exclusively with uh, his left hook. That's the one thing I saw in the fight that I was kind of like, hmm, he needs to definitely uh, learn how to throw a straight right or an uppercut to mix in with that left hook of his. Because he threw an extremely uh, crazy amount of left hooks targeting Fortuna. And he landed a few of them, but he missed a lot of them. So I think if he learns how to mix up his shots better, he can definitely set up that left hook instead of just exclusively relying on the left hook. And then the third thing was um, his inability to, like, not – Know how to fight on the inside. As yeah. soon as Fortuna would get in close, he would either start really backing up and trying to circle away, or he would just hug Fortuna in order to avoid getting hit. I think I hope Goosen, you know, works with him on that kind of just trying to learn a little bit of infighting because he definitely could use it for a kid his height in those divisions. I think that would benefit him uh, more than anything else. Um. And like you were saying about um, Tank and uh, and him, if they ever fought, I don't think the fight happens. I agree with you, Mike. But I I kind of definitely see. I don't really see Tank getting any better at this point. The guy is going to be 28 soon. Right. He is who he is. You know, they they've developed him as much as they can. But I don't think you can really add m- many more things to Tank's uh, arsenal at this point. With Ryan, I think you can add a few more wrinkles to his game and i think you can get him uh to be an even better fighter right now at his age than you can with tank i agree so if that fight if that fight does happen i don't see that fight happening for at least a few more years which is the sad part because i think both of these guys could fight each other right now and win or lose i think it would be entertaining entertaining enough that you could probably have a second and possibly maybe even a third fight yep. but these promoters are so petrified of having their guys lose. That's why we don't see, you know, uh, trilogies um, as much as we used to. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but who knows if if they ever do uh, match up. I do uh, have a question, though, Mike. uh, uh, Taurine brought it up in the chat. Mm -hmm. Do you really think that uh, Tank fights Frank Martin at any point?
0: Hmm. Because Frank's at 140, um,
5: no, he's at
0: 35, just is like he at hey. 35? I, okay, I thought he was at 40. Yeah, for he's at reason.
5: 35. Uh, no, he's at 35.
0: It's possible, but I don't think that's the kind of fight they do right now at all. I, I just what they would say right now is there's no money in that fight, there's no reason to do it. Um, and I do think Frank would give him some some stylistic issues. Um, and yeah, I, I just it, that's the kind of matchup that they're avoiding over there. You know what I'm saying? hmm That's how I, mean, I see their it. their
5: options are really limited because, yeah, their options are really limited because really the only other two guys they have besides Frank Martin are either do a rematch with uh, Isaac Cruz or go after Michelle Rivera because they don't really have anybody else at 35 at, at, in the PVC side. So, yeah. I mean, at some point he's going to have to fight, uh, you know, those guys because – they don't really have much else uh, going for him. Um, and then just real quick, Mike, I wanted to talk about the, the, the top rank card. Um, I give uh, Barbosa credit. I They de- definitely did not overlook Soria. Yeah. But I did find it interesting, though, that Soria did hurt Barbosa towards the end of that fight. I think if the fight ends up being a 12-rounder, who knows? Maybe he might have been able to go out there and, and really – you know, end the fight because he wobbled him pretty good in that tenth round, and Barbosa literally just kind of had to hang on through the tenth round in order to make sure he made it to the scorecards. I mean, he boxed a beautiful fight, but that's the one thing about Zoria that he had that Barbosa didn't was that fight changing power, mm-hmm. and that was great. And I honestly was like, oh, he might end up losing this, but he hung on, and, and credit to him. I honestly think that's the guy. If Lopez beats Campa in a couple weeks, they have to be targeting him. I mean, there's really nobody else they should be targeting. I think Barbosa probably makes the most sense because I seriously doubt they would put him in there against uh, Zepeda or Ramirez or anybody of that ilk. I think with Teal, you got to probably go with Barbosa next if if they're going to stay at 140, you know, moving forward, which I think they yeah. are. That's but He the plan. makes the most sense. Yeah, he makes the most sense being the next guy up if, if Teo looks good against Campo because I wouldn't put him in there against Zepeda the Ramirez. I think those two guys could beat him, to be honest. I, I don't think they'd be intimidated by him uh, at all. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, and then uh, just real quick, um, the fight this weekend, Mike, I agree. It's getting really tough to justify keeping this ESPN I uh, think because man, if they start jacking up the price for us as boxing fans to watch cards that, for the most part, are decent but they're nothing like spectacular, it's going to be tough to justify having to spend 120 bucks a year just to be able to watch the plus and and watch a bunch of you know second tier fights for the most part. Right. So, I mean, I, yeah, I hope I hope the 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 idea isn't to keep raising the price for us to be able to watch second tier fights. Cause if, if that's the case, then yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be out on, on that concept for sure. So nice all right, you. Mike, uh, I'm sure you has got other people. Yeah.
0: All right, Nacho. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I would Nacho guys. I, I mean, cause I was talking to my wife about this cause she's the one who pays for all the, you know, annual fee for this, that, the other, she does the bill crap. Um, in, she was saying that like our annual thing is up, I think for ESPN in like September, something like that. So the new price will kick in, right? We're gonna have to pay this new price. And I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking how many fights in the past year were only on ESPN plus that I couldn't watch on ESPN, the network. Uh, Because I get ESPN with my cable package. We just have basic cable. We don't have a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm thinking there's only a handful of fights that stand out. And it's some of these international fights that they pick up from like the UK or uh, from Japan, you know, sometimes they'll pick up these, these cards from overseas and show them where you can catch them in the morning or like in the afternoon, which is cool, but is it worth a hundred dollars a year? Cause some of these fights I can find on YouTube and stuff. So I, I just don't know, man. And then same thing with the zone where they, they jack it up to a buck 50. And we've talked about this on the show. They're doing pay-per-views now. And if you got to do pay-per-view for a premium because you, these guys want $30 million a fight and stuff, I, I, I get it. But if I'm an annual subscriber and the pay-per-view is $80, give me 50% off. This $20 off bullshit, what, what is with that? You're better off at that point just not subscribing almost and just doing the pay-per-views. I, I don't know, man. These guys, at some point fans are going to have enough and are going to just start checking out. And I think a, a lot of boxing fans um, are willing to spend their money. I mean, boxing fans, come on. And same thing with like all combat sports fans. They are willing to spend money on the product because this is not like other corporate sports where it's all kind of paid for by corporations. And you could just sh- watch the game. You know, if we're talking basketball, baseball, whatever, you can just watch the game on TV. It's on somewhere, right? With boxing, with uh, UFC, whatever it is, you're gonna have to pay money. That's part of being a fan of the sport, of uh, any martial art. Okay, I get that. Fans will support. They've shown this a million times before. But man, you're gonna get to a certain point, especially if you're the zone and you're trying to do nothing but sports in, in this country. You know, specifically boxing, dude. You got to have a, a product that makes sense. And a buck fifty a year, and now it's a hundred dollars a year for ESPN, and then you gotta have a showtime subscription for PBC, and they're doing six, seven, eight pay-per-views a year and everything else. Dude, this shit adds up. It adds up. And um, the demos you know between boxing and UFC, because I get it, the price ends up being the same. I think it was Keith in the chat who brought up hey man, UFC does like 10 pay-per-views a year. You gotta get the app. These dudes, if you get every single pay-per-view plus the app you are paying $1000 a year to be a UFC fan. Boxing's pretty much the same. If you include all the apps and all the pay-per-views here in America, either way you're paying 1000 bucks a year if you get all of them, right? The difference is the demos in UFC, it's a lot more suburban kids and and rich people, you know, watching, I'm not rich but like middle class, upper class people watching UFC. Boxing it's a lot more working class people uh watching it and immigrant populations and stuff like that. Uh so that might not have the same amount of money. So, so you have to know your audience, dude. You gotta know who you're marketing to. So yeah, I don't know, dude. A hundred bucks a year for ESPN plus that's a tough sell when you're already paying a buck fifty for the zone. And then what is Showtime? And then Showtime ends up probably being a hundred bucks a year too. Um, you know, so so dude, this shit adds up is all I'm saying. All right, back to the phones. We've got six three one yeah on the show, what's up?
1: Hey Mike, it's Keith. How's it going?
0: Hey, what's up, Keith? How you doing, man?
1: Good, good, good. Yeah, that's what I was trying to allude to. Just like if you are a religious really UFC fan, you're saying a good granted, if not more because of the the increase in cost.
2: Yeah. Well.
1: <clears throat> um, I just thought I want to ask you, do you think it's feasible for like uh, kind of like what ProBox was calling and and uh word are doing, is it feasible for one platform to kind of just to kind of host the stream all the events that they were to work with like a Zone, Showtime, or ESPN, or is that is you not do you not see that feasible?
0: What you mean like one platform has everything?
1: Yeah, all the fights. So you know, his,
0: yeah. fans
1: have to do, you have to be a member of DAZN, the Zone, ESPN, Showtime. You have to have Showtime as well. Like if it was a essentially where there's a one-stop shop for all the fights in one platform. So it makes it easier for the providers to work for fast and consume boxing and everything boxing.
0: I was thinking about that, but you know, I, I just think the way things are structured right now, I can't see it happening because even with something like let's let's take the zone, it's it's global, right? That's the difference between the zone and these other apps is the zone is truly global. It's in like over a hundred countries. So in yeah. theory, if anybody had the infrastructure to do it, it would be the <laughs> zone. But there's different rights deals with each one of these networks. So you'd have to have a rights contract with Showtime slash CBS and then with Fox and then with ESPN slash Disney. And then you go over to the UK and it's Sky and it's BT. and So you have to do all these different rights um, contracts. And I just think the budget for that would be enormous. And I just think that it, it just it couldn't happen here in the United States for sure. Um, even globally, I don't think it's possible anymore, and that sucks.
1: Yeah, that's just the, I guess, the short term thinking of boxing. Again, I said every boxing promoters feel like they can go out of business, so that is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I just want to give my feedback on the Garcia vs. fight. Pretty much, up echoing what everyone else says. I think if I'm if I'm Team Tank, I take the fight now, and just because there's money to be made. And um, Garcia is still a work in progress. Um, I I make Garcia a live dog if they were to fight now. Maybe you know, if, if, if Garcia if he keeps him at bay with his with his speed, his power, and his length, Tank finally catches him. Um, you know later, like second half of the fight, actually figures out time times him. Because what people don't what people don't realize is, yeah, Garcia does need to develop more, but Tank doesn't have the best defense. Um,
2: yeah, he, he, he can be hit.
1: He's, you saw know, him get hit by rollies. Yeah, he got Cruz hit him, Brandon, and I don't think for this Hand, but he's still basketball, so He could be hit. he's just like him. First guys to is taller and have that reach on I mean, him. Ryan Garcia has that reach, length, and he couples that with the even power, so he's really going to get to take a lot of issues. The issue with Garcia is he he looks like he had better distance control this time, but he still comes straight back and shoots still out. Um, and his punch variation is very limited. He throws basically a one, two, three, or a variation of that, and he can be timed over the top of that. So. If I'm Team Tank, I fight him now, uh, before he did more. Because mm. I-, I believe that anyone can improve regardless of their age. I mean, we saw a little bit of that with Wilder as well. It's just said that that's not going to happen, Tank, because even said himself, he didn't ask for the best opponents. Like he just, he essentially just takes what they give him. So I don't see him fighting anyone better to elevate his game, and that's that's fight happened happen at the Pump Team Tank. If I'm Team Ryan, I don't want that fight right now. If he should go. We should go through at least two more camps this season uh, uh, before he fights Haney would be a better fight. It's going to be a trickier fight, but I don't see Haney hurting Ryan Garcia, especially at 140. Um, and Garcia has the, is familiar with Haney and he has the speed and the reach to get to Haney uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, Kelly.
0: Yeah, I think that's all spot on, man. I'm a hundred percent with you. I, I think that if I'm Javante Davis and team tank, I'm with you fight Ryan Garcia now, because again, just looking at his frame and what they have to work with. I think that over the next two to three years, he is going to develop as long as his chin holds up and he doesn't get clocked and like stopped or something. uh, As long as he stays focused and sharp, I think he's going to develop over these next few years. And for tank, he's not going to develop fighting the guys he's fighting. It's just not.
1: Yeah, no, he's not. Um, you know, if Ryan Garcia stays disciplined consistent, I mean, to be honest, he's got a big, pretty big frame. You can look, we're essentially looking at the next big star. Because of his, his look, as you know, as funny as that sounds, he's a good-looking kid. He sells. He's popular on social media. If he, can, he gets some wins and wins, he has a cost to be to, to do that. Uh, so, yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to just, mention really quickly is I was just thinking about I'm a Tyson Fury fan, I'm an LF Fan fan, but Tyson Fury is like the, the hero that we wanted, but we think is the hero that we need just because they're out of the person, they're they're personas inside and outside of the room where you don't have any contributions we He fights everyone. He's beating people on the road. He's a great fighter and he should really honestly get a lot more uh, visibility and distribute a lot more marketing than there than there is. And I think he probably stops AJ late in the fight. not in decent, dominant. Mode.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think if, if he stops AJ in this yeah. rematch, that's a huge statement, man. Especially coming off the layoff and everything that he's been through. I think that'd be huge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then while they want Wilder, but I, I don't think that happens. Certainly mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I don't think it happens.
1: All right, Mike, well, Thank
0: you very much. Thanks for your time. Great show as always. And I'll let you get back to it. All right. Thanks a lot,
1: Keith. Appreciate it, brother. Have
0: a good one. Yep. You too. Chris Bergen says, rooftop episodes of TNC were fire. Yeah, man. Remember that? I don't know. You know, maybe maybe in the winter, because I got a smokeless fire pit that I built in my backyard here in Atlanta. Maybe when it gets colder out. I could do some shows outside in front of the smokeless fire pit. Maybe we could do like fire pit boxing chat or something like that. Um, as long as my internet works out there and I could take my little, I got like the little router thing and maybe I could take it outside with me to where I get, you know, my reception out there. That might be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I miss my rooftop back in LA, man. But there's not a whole lot else I miss about my old neighborhood, man. It, it's been burned down. It's been looted. Um, it's been rough the past few years in that neighborhood, man. All right. Back to the phones. We got dad on the line. What's up, dad? How you doing, bro? Wow, Mike. I think you
4: self-incriminated when you said your old neighborhood, you, you <laughs> looted and you and you burn it down and you, and you left.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, had to, I had to, I had to clean up before I left, man. Come on.
4: <laughs> oh man, that's great. But uh,
0: it was good. It, it was good hearing the callers
4: today. I held back. Uh, I wasn't, you know, if there's going to be a lot of callers, I wanted to hear, you know, their opinions. And, you know, last week, I mean, everything kind of went to, to plan and all the fights. It wasn't a big upset or anything. And Garcia showed that he's a growing fighter. He still has flaws, but physically he, his upside is, is through the roof. I mean, the left hook. I mean, what can you say about it? I mean, it's just so stylistically um, unique. It just, it's so looping, but it's so sharp and quick. It, it's, it's a For thing of beauty. I mean, it really is. It is. It's like a, it is like a whip. So when you have a weapon like that, and then if you can balance it out with a a good right hand and he's, he's developing that right hand boy, he's, he's going to be something. He's going to be something to watch. And just as long as he keeps his head on straight, I'm rooting for him, you know, with the, uh, the Hollywood crap and all that other stuff. But what he's saying with Javante Davis, I mean, I, I hate this marinating crap and I, I don't even want to call it marinating. I want to call it brining because <laughs> brining is a longer drawn out process. Okay. Marinating, you know, you're going to eat in like a couple hours. Brining is a 24 to 48 hour process. So they're using this as a cloud chaser because yes. everyone knows Floyd's not putting him in with Garcia. Yeah. Tank's going to keep fighting sea level opposition and they're going to milk him for all it's worth. So, we can't really get excited about having that fight happen, which would be great if it did. It would be great for boxing and good for the fans. And I would think that's a million dollar pay-per-view fight. A million, a million buys. A million buys right now. If they made that fight. Yeah. I believe. Okay. I believe so. Be- because you have the Latino background with Garcia. Uh, even though he's not really like a, a true Mexican, but he, you know, the culture is there. And he also kind of crosses over to the Caucasian fan base, if there is such a thing in boxing anymore. He, he, he does transcend that, that line. Um, and then you have Tank Davis, and he has his own fan base. So together, I think that, that fight would generate. It really would. But it's just a matter of Floyd and, and Heyman. They want to protect them. They don't want to get him a loss because, you know, he, he probably does lose that fight. It would be interesting though, but the longer it goes the the more advantage it is to Garcia. He's gonna keep growing, and he'll he'll surpass Davis you know by the time he's twenty seven so yeah I would that's think how so. I view that and uh, it was it was good to hear about uh oh yeah, you uh, a lot of footage of Yusick and looks like he's gotten the weight back. he looks very focused now. So I was a little scared at first. I didn't really know how he was going to, you know, ascertain dealing with that war, but, um, you know, things are kind of calming down a little bit. We're not hearing as much about the fighting. It's kind of almost like a standstill. There are some attacks here and there, but, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, there,
1: there won't be any distraction. And, and I, I personally,
4: he'll knock out Anthony Joshua probably between seven and 10. Because if, if everything's you know going to happen the way Joshua is leading on, he's going to try to bully him, and he's going to try to attack, and he'll burn himself out because that's what Usyk does, and that's what he did to uh, Vladimir Klitschko in sparring. Vladimir Klitschko kicked him out of the sparring session
2: because
4: hmm. what Usyk was doing, and I heard this from an eyewitness, you know, he was just letting Vlad throw and wearing him out, wearing him out, and then he, and he just blitzed you. He's just a unique fighter. He's like Lomachenko as a heavyweight. It's something we've we've really never seen in history. Where where have you seen a southpaw heavyweight that can do that? So if Joshua burns himself up trying to get the knockout, he, he's gonna be he's gonna be meat between seven and ten, and that's great odds. I mean, you can, he's uh, big. T- if you take a block, um, like a three round block to take as a knockout, like I like I said um, previous week. With Garcia plus 350 to get him out in between four, five, and six, pays plus 350. It pays plus 1000 if you take Usyk to take out AJ in round seven, eight, and nine. Damn. Okay, so it pays out big, plus 1000. So you put up a hundred bucks, you win a thousand. I think that's a great, great value bet. And same thing with AJ. There's great odds for for Nakai, I think, you know, if AJ is going to win, they'll probably early. Could you see that fight go in the distance, though? I can't.
0: I can see it going in the distance for sure, yeah. Wait, wait, Usyk and Joshua, I think it could go the distance. Why not? In a rematch, to
4: boy, to see it play out the same way, I just... I don't know. I just can't see that scenario this time. I, Joshua, if he comes out, he's not going to have the stamina to last 12 if he's going to come to win. Hmm. And I think That's he's going point. to come to win because his trainer... Garcia is his trainer and uh, he trains his fighters to go to the body and to be pressure fighters. I don't know how it's going to work, you know, as far as a heavyweight going to the body. Uh, I think Garcia's a small man's kind of trainer. It might backfire on AJ. And that's why I, I, I think you going to knock him out. And if he's right in the head, if there's no, you know, leftovers from what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then um, one one more thing, Mike. After I, I was talking on Friday, and I know I'm calling frequently. <laughs> we're addicted. We're addicted to boxing <laughs> in our show. So that's wrong uh, with that. That's a good thing. Yeah. They're talking. You guys are you guys are talking about the Hall of Fame, and you made some good points about how how the U.S. has the writers and the journalists that are doing the voting. I think that is a point not a lot of boxing fans really knew about. Mm. So that kind of clarifies why you don't see. Nigel Ben and uh, Darius Michalczewski in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's named the International, not intra, it's International Boxing Hall of Fame in City. Okay? But you don't have these foreign fighters getting inducted. And, and pre-1990, that wasn't a big deal because you didn't have a lot of foreign fighters because of that right. iron curtain. Right. Nowadays, it's a completely different ball game. If I would like to break it down, I think it's like you know you have uh, B.C. before Christ and A.D. Anno Domini, you know after Christ, and, and they label like 20 B.C. or uh, 1990 uh, A.D. I think boxing should be labeled in that regard by either the time that boxing switched over to having the weigh-in 48 hours, and or the time the Iron Curtain fell when foreign fighters were able to box pro. It might simplify, you know, between classic old school boxing and, and the new age. Because there is a big difference, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's great fights in the 70s and 80s, but it was all usually Americans fighting. They didn't have the Russians and or Europeans and now you, you have a bigger field.
0: You didn't have Latin Americans. You didn't have a lot of African fighters. A lot of Asian fighters. Um, it, it's completely. Oh, none. Yeah. The floodgates have opened, and you get all these great fighters from every corner of the earth now. And like, I think it makes the sport a lot better. Exactly. A lot better.
4: I think so too. Oh, it's better. I mean, hell, we may not even heard of a lot of heavyweights in the seventies if Teo Philo Stevenson was was a, a professional. Yes. There, there's just so many it's just nowadays when you have all these new influx of fighters from around the world, it's a world sport, a true world sport. It's no longer a North American sport. Right. So with the, with the writers voting for the hall of fame, I think it's a, tra- a miscarriage of justice to leave out foreign, uh, scribes that have any input on voting. And, uh, if everyone who doesn't already know what I said before about Mikul and Nigel Ben. How the hell is Nigel Ben not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I mean, Mikul Chesky, I guess you could say, well, he was a light heavyweight and he was pretty obscure. He beat Virgil Hill. He had excellent wins. He was unified. He unified three belts. He was the true undisputed, in my view, at, at, at light heavyweight. But Nigel Ben comes to America and knocks out Iran Barkley in one round. One round. Okay. And then he ends Gerald McClellan, who was the boogeyman, in a tragic fight. Mm hmm. And he's not in the hall of fame. It's, it's just,
1: it's more than an oversight. So,
4: you know, if, if people want what's done right for boxing, this has to be cleaned up. Um, the hall of fame is, is, is a, a sham right now. Certain fighters getting in that have no business and people are talking about wilder being hall of fame. My goodness. If, if that comes to pass, then, you know, It's going to happen and start over. It's going to happen. It's just demoralizing, you know, from a classic boxing fan's point of view, you know, I watched it since 1980. Uh, So many great fighters that aren't getting the recognition. I mean, and seeing guys protect it their entire career, protect it on purpose, given accolades, they do not deserve. It's, it's irresponsible. And, uh, you know, it's fun watching Wilder. I mean, I, I pay to see him. It's great. Yeah, he, he puts on a good fight. It's fun watching him get beat up too, okay? But he's not a great fighter. He never was, okay? Tyson Fury whooped his, whooped his butt, and Tyson Fury still isn't the same fighter he was pr- uh, prior to being uh, retired. He's not a power puncher, and he, he bounced Wilder around the ring like a basketball just imagine what would happen if he was in with a puncher, but I digress. I don't want to get off on a tangent, Mike. I know you got, you know, stuff to do on a Monday. I'm all, uh, I'm all done myself, you know, with with my work and my dinner. So I just want to leave you with that. And, and then one other thing, great, great point about the zone and ESPN plus they're gouging us in America. The dollar in America is, is the strongest currency right now. Okay. it's the dollar is as strong as it's been in 50 years, Granted, our inflation is the worst it's been in 50 years in America, but these foreign entities charging Americans extra money, even though our dollar is stronger, I think that's irresponsible. If people didn't already know, that you know, go research. If you, if you want to take advantage of that, travel abroad. Go to Brazil. It's a five to one trade off now. Their dollar is five to. One, uh, we're five to one to their dollar. You go to you know, Europe right now. One to one to the euro. We we've already always been having to pay more for one euro. Now it's even. Okay, so take that for what it's worth. But uh great show as usual, Mike. And uh, uh all
2: right, thanks talk, a lot,
4: Dad.
1: Uh, maybe in a couple of weeks. All right, man. All right, man. Thank you.
0: There he goes, there he goes. And uh, yeah, some great points by Thad, man. Um one thing about the Hall of Fame, and I talked about this on my show. Uh, Friday a little bit, and maybe some of you guys just weren't aware of this. But the way it's structured right now, there are exceptions. But most people that vote in the International Boxing Hall of Fame right now do that by proxy of them being a member of the Boxing Writers Association of America. For 99% of the voters, that's how they got on. The only category that's slightly different is the modern women's category. And I saw Mark Jones here. I want to make sure I get Mark Jones, his comment, where Mark, Mark said, uh, for the IBHOF women's modern category, there are many foreign voters. Yes. And there are some, I want to be clear, there are some foreign voters on the panel, okay? But the overwhelming majority of people brought to the voting block, they, they become a member of the voting panel through joining the BWAA and to me that's that kind of compromises the the Hall of Fame voting because it's the Boxing Writers Association of America and it's supposed to be the international boxing Hall of Fame so to me that doesn't make sense um and the BWAA is a failing organization that is losing its relevance in the modern era not only because of the weak leadership and everything but because of the, the way media is structured now. Okay. Most people are getting their boxing news and even their boxing content on apps. You talk about the zone ESPN plus uh showtime. Increasingly more and more fans are watching on a showtime app and things like that. Right. And uh zone, as I mentioned before, it's in over a hundred countries. So, so this is something that's going to continue. And that's where more and more people are getting their news. A lot of you guys are getting news from shows like mine. And it's where you're discussing and chopping up the week to week information, right? So the traditional media landscape of writing and a lot of these guys in the BWAA, the old school voters and shit, they come from like newspaper backgrounds. Like that's just, it's just not the same anymore, right? So so to me, the, and I'll just mention this one more time and we'll move on because I talked about this Friday. And if you guys want me to go into this more and more, we could talk about it maybe more on my Friday show again. I think that the International Boxing Hall of Fame in Stoda, needs to separate from the BWAA and they need to open up more, more categories, voting categories because like it's way too broad right now. And I think they need to get a little more specific with some of the and like there's like a, a old school era, I can't remember the name they use off the top of my head and a modern men's era. Like two two eras to go over, you know, centuries of fighters. Like, dude, do do more. <laughs> they they can break up the fighters themselves into different categories, but they got to get a, a more diverse voting pool. And I don't necessarily mean, um, you know, in, in terms of demographic information. I'm just saying, get guys that it's cool. You got the old school journalists, okay? Uh, look, I write for a magazine. I write for websites. You know, so so um, you know, I'm proud to be associated with that. But also, I'm proud of doing this show, The Neutral Corner. I'm a podcaster. Um, this is one of the more popular boxing podcasts globally. I saw a couple of you guys in the chat asking about our, our views here on YouTube. The not the overwhelming majority of the hits I get on this show are downloads of the audio pod. Um, and not necessarily the live audience here. So um, because we do it at a time where you know not everybody can watch. But the audio version is where I get most of my hits on this show globally. And we're one of the more popular shows out there. So I'm proud of this. And I think that there should be some podcasters. I'm not even talking about myself. I'm talking about other people, okay, that should be brought on as voters. There's some YouTube guys who have done really, really high-quality level work for, for years now that I think have earned the right to maybe have a vote in the Hall of Fame. And then there's maybe some guys that need to be phased out, if we're being honest. Um, so, so maybe that you should sit on that panel for a certain amount of years, and then you have a term limit or something like that. I'm just saying they sh- they could shake it up and make it a little more uh, relevant uh, to the 21st century and the way things are done now. I just think it's kind of outdated the way they do it right now. John Uden with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, John. He says, uh, after Marius Breda's success with the World Boxing Super Series, I was kind of surprised Dzzone didn't pick up his last fight with Opataya in Australia. Uh, Cruiserweight gets no love on the streaming platforms. Yeah, th- that's a really good point, John. And I just I don't know if it was a rights issue, like the the, the, the streaming rights were too much money, or there's tangled up with the networks or something. But you think of the amount of money zone, specifically because you brought them up, has spent on the cruiserweight division. Because they had two cruiserweight tournaments, right? Uh, first and second season of the WBSS. They spent a lot of money, specifically on Bradis. So for them to not pick that up was a huge, huge loss. And then Bredis loses the fight. So you spent literally millions on this guy. He was the champ, your world boxing super series season two champ. He loses to open and your audience has never seen this guy now. So when you pick up his next fight as the champion, your audience has never seen this dude. So um, I don't know what happened there, but the zone, listen, they've made multiple mistakes that I can point to multiple mistakes. And um, it's just a shame, you know, but they they need more more like real boxing people. You know what I'm saying? In there. Uh, Captain Hook Chronicles with the super chat. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, brother. He says, yep, I earned it. International Boxing Hall of Fame. Hey, man, how many French-speaking voters, Captain Hook, are, are in that pool? I, I got to say, I don't know one. I don't know one French-speaking uh, voter. So So there you go. Uh, there are very few, like I know a couple that uh, speak Japanese. There's obviously a few that speak Spanish from Latin America. I'm just saying they could do a better job of having a more international pool. And that means more than just guys from Mexico and the UK. We need to get guys from some of these other markets too. How many guys from Nigeria are on the voting block? Uh, that's zero. <laughs> that's, there's been a lot of great fighters from Nigeria. I'm just saying, let's let's break it up a little bit. Let's have some more global international representation um, on, the, on the voting pool. So I just think they could do um, a better job uh, with that. And I think that just the whole way it's structured right now, it's just, it's not the 21st century. It's just not. Rex Righteous, you said a couple of good comments. He said, uh, Mike Tyson is a YouTuber now. There you go. You know, does, does Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson is a YouTuber, right? He has a a podcast that's very popular. Me personally, I don't get it. I don't smoke pot. It's not my thing. Just never been my thing. I, I, I'll have a drink. I drink beer. I'll have a shot every now and then with my friends. I'll sip on some bourbon. Not a pothead. However, Mike Tyson has a show where he just gets high and talks about shit and cries. And people love it. And it gets millions of views, right? You'd think. One of the networks on regular TV would want to pick that shit up. Of course not. If you're Tyson, why would you even want to go to network TV when you could do a podcast or a YouTube thing? It's like, look at Joe Rogan. He's the, the, I guess, the prime example. Uh, that is where media is going. And that is where not just the consumption of media is going, but the actual media coverage of media is going. Uh, so So I think if you're going to have... Hall of Fame voters, and you're going to have people voting for, you know, the fight of the year, the fighter of the year, you need to go to where the media is and where the fans are. And more and more that is in these other types of platforms. And I think boxing is a little bit behind the curve, when some of the, you know, our our institutions, if you will, um, like the International Boxing Hall of Fame, have not caught up to that world quite yet. And you think of like, Uh, the International Boxing Hall of Fame, I should not have more social media followers than the, uh, the International Boxing Hall of Fame, but I do several times over, just on Twitter. Like, I'm not even counting the other platforms. How does that work? How does a guy like me have substantially more followers on all these different platforms than, you know, that organization or others I could point to? Um, so like stuff like the BWAA, the Association, the Boxing Commissions, these are these are dinosaur organizations. And there's just where do you go in the future with them? So if you're the hall and you're trying to stay relevant, why are you tied to them? It just doesn't make sense. In my humble opinion, now I'm definitely not alone, definitely not. Multiple other members of the panel have talked to me about this offline. We've had beers. We've had coffee discussing this shit together. Are they going to say that on their shows and <laughs> stuff? No. They don't want to give up their job. But, hey, I do my own thing here. So, you know, I can say what the hell I want. All right, back to the phones real quick, guys, because we're running up on time here. Uh 347 from New York. You're on the show. What's up?
1: Yo, what's up, Mike? This is Rob, bro.
0: What's up, man? How you doing?
1: All right, good. Uh, so, look, Mike. I just want to say real quick about now. I I understand your opinion about Tank and everything, and um, but I respectfully disagree. Um, the reason why is Tank, you know, people saying he can't get better and he doesn't. But the thing is, Floyd, who ruined boxing, also up to his his. Schedule up to this point has been a joke, and it hasn't. He hasn't fought anybody to show how great he is. I mean, you know, that's what the opposition, you know, sports is. When you to, to see how really good you are depends on the opposition you face. Yeah, that's so fair. That's fair. Face, you, know, you know what I mean? So he hasn't yeah. faced anybody that we, you know what I mean? That we know how good he is. You know well, what you're mean? right. I mean, he, um, he might show
0: us a level, right? When, when he finally does step up, maybe he will show us levels we haven't seen yet. We've seen plenty of guys do that before, right. but we just got to see it. That's right. my thing. I just want to see it.
1: Right. right. That's what I'm saying. And I, I think that like, and you know, for him to fight Garcia, like it would be a popular fight, but it, I mean, Tank is pretty popular. You know what I mean? Um, Garcia is pretty popular, but Tank, needs to go in and get them belts from Haney. You know what I mean? If mm. if he wants to stop people from saying how, you know what I mean, um to to just discredit him on his resume and everything like that. Once he gets those belts from Haney, then go ahead, you know what I mean? And and this is just me. If I was just, you know, guiding the tank or, or if I had to give him some advice or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I trained in Upton, you know what I mean? Um lived in Baltimore. Whatever you know, I know Coach Calvin and him, You know what I mean. But so you know, I'm just saying. You know, um, if if I was had to give any, if you know, if I was promoting tank or whatever the case may be, it, I'll go will be get them to get them belts from Haney. I mean, Haney's a good fighter. He's nothing special to me. I mean, I can't say he's not a Hall of Famer, which is and, and and on that topic, the boxing Hall of Fame is a joke. I mean, as you were saying, I mean, it's just, that, that is, just, that's the topic for another day, but it's, I'm going to just leave it short as that's a joke, but Tank needs to get the spout from Haney. You know what I mean? If anything, I'd love like, to see Tank, it. No Garcia fight. I'm sorry, bro.
0: No, I just, I, I would love to see it, but you know, we're not, we're yeah. not going to see it. that That's the problem.
1: That's, that's just, what uh, Tank versus Haney.
0: Yeah, we're not gonna see it, man.
1: I mean, I I think that fight happened before Ryan Garcia.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh, because Haney doesn't punch you know hard, I mean, so yeah.
1: Fight. So I, I'm saying, if you don't think we're gonna see that fight, do you think? Who, who, who do you think we will see? Tang fight next.
0: I, I honestly, brother, I don't know. And like that, that's my thing is people were talking earlier on the show about Frank Martin. Maybe, maybe I could see that, um, a rematch with Isaac Cruz, but I, I just don't know. I, I don't know where they're, gonna go, I, they're going to go, especially if they go the pay-per-view. I, I just don't know.
1: Mike, I'm, I I think it's going to be handy, brother. I'm saying they, they already, you know, traded words and whatnot. I mean, you know, again, words, Twitter and all that kind of stuff doesn't really. But I mean, you know, um, they 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 shared some like, and and it wasn't theatrics. It was simply, you know, what I mean. I'm gonna fight you next. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, as in, you know, Tank is broken away from Floyd. Supposedly, is is he officially away from them?
0: It's they haven't announced anything. I know that last fight was his last fight on that contract, but between you and me, all signs point to him re-signing with Floyd, or at least staying with PBC and Al Heyman. I don't see him going anywhere else.
1: I mean, I don't, you know, I, why? Why? my thing is, like, he's got the exposure. He could go independent. You know what I mean? Like, why not go independent? Floyd got him the exposure. So, you know, Floyd marketed him. I give Floyd that. He did market him, you know, with the mismatches. Now he got him. You know, as the he he the mismatches got to the casual fan that he's basically a mini Mike Tyson, and everybody's coming to see the mini Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? So, I I just think that I mean, you know, Tank. If if Tank does do that, that that would be a terrible move on his on his behalf. But I mean, you know, hey, you know what I mean? It's on him. But you know, um, again, I'm gonna say that Tank is. He he put it like this. He doesn't want to go back to Boston. He's looking at every fight like he's gonna lose going back to Boston. That is enough to make you, you know what I mean. When I mean to just motivate you alone, you know what I mean. And I mean, you know, um, I like kids like Shakur Stevenson and him. You know what I mean from from really crazy areas that they're fighting not to go back to those areas. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. um, you know, but, but, but Tank, I mean, the better his opposition is, the better he's going to get. You know what I mean? Um, do you, how do you feel about Haney? I mean, I, I don't, I'm not crazy about him. I don't think that he's, do you think he's a Hall of Famer?
0: Haney? None, none of these guys are Hall of Famers yet, man. They're way too young. <laughs> too young.
1: Right, right. I mean,
0: but I mean, I, I can see, you know, Dude, he's he's the undisputed no champion. And I, I mean, he's been expertly negotiated into that position. But say what you right. will about Haney, he, he is the undisputed champion right now. And in terms of actual accomplishments, right, right. he's done more than Tank. But I think yeah. Tank is more yeah. developed as a fighter. I think Haney is still developing. He's what? Haney's is what, 22, 23? He's the same age as Ryan Garcia. You know, so so like I give right. Garcia and Haney, I, I'll give them a few years to develop. I'm not really in in a rush. Right. I, the guy I want to see step up is right. Tank. He's he's gonna be 28, dude. It's it's time, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, it, it's crazy. Like let let's just say, you know, Tank at this point. Let's just say, you know, you you want to teach. Your, uh, a child that does you know, your child or whatever that, that wants to look look back on highlights or something on this era. And, I mean, you know, it's really nobody to, to see a spectacular fight with him. I mean, you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. I mean, who are you going to say? Like, oh, well, you got to check out the fight with Roley Romero or, right, or, right. or... You know what I mean? Yeah. Raza, you know what I mean? It's a good fight. But, you know, it, it's just sad what Floyd did to his career. I mean, you know, he he cherry-picked him, you know, up until 27 years old, and it's just like from hearing, you know, um, I've heard people say, well, Tank is still young, and, and this and that, and Floyd is doing it right. Like, Floyd, tell him. That Floyd thing, like, he's still young. He's still young. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, last time I checked, 23 years old is not young. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once you turn pro, you know what I mean, you should be ready to fight. You know, I think top
0: once, once you're calling yourself a you know, champion, if you're being marketed as a champion yeah. and you got a world title, then you got to defend that shit and you're supposed to fight the best. And and then if you're fighting on pay-per-view, right. come on, man. So, so yeah. that's just where I'm I at. Mean, come
1: on. You know? So, yeah. I mean, but well, I understand, I'm, I'm saying I, I know that these guys are young. I'm saying Mike, but do you, do you see any future, I, I do see a future Hall of Famer in the Tank. I mean, if fight fights top opposition, yeah, you know what I mean. I but think I just look, I see think a Hall
0: of all of them can be. I, so, so yeah. I mean, Stephen Fulton, uh, Chris, well, Chris Colbert. You know, there's a lot of young guys coming up that have the opportunity to be to be really, really good fighters. They got to fight each other, and the thing is, everyone's so scared of that fucking. Oh, who gives a shit? I, listen. Right. Take Davis might lose That's, two or three fully, fights. We
1: gotta like that.
0: I know, I know. He wasn't the first, but and he wasn't the only one. I I blame the the executives at HBO and then the executives at Showtime. They're just as guilty as Floyd with all that bullshit. And then Roy Jones before was you know because he had the O for the long time and HBO marketed him a certain way. That shit right. really ruined American right. boxing in a lot of ways. I'm saying. Ryan Garcia, yeah. Devin Haney, Tank David. These guys might lose two or three fights, and it will make them more popular with fight with fans. Because if you lose a fight and then come back and win, you rise back from defeat. That's what the fans want right. to see. Fans right. love that shit, and these guys don't get it, man. Right. They just and don't get he, it. And,
1: and that's and that's another thing, Mike. I'm glad you, because I, I just don't understand why the kid Garcia has so much. I I came to these.
3: Conclusions
1: that people don't like Brian Garcia because you know he pops a lot of shit and then pulls out fights the mountain health thing or whatever. But like you know, now nah, I, I agree with that. I mean, he shouldn't be popping shit and then pulling <laughs> out a fight if he knows that he got yeah. issues going on. But but when he fought Luke Campbell, I mean, he showed the because I wasn't big on that kid. I thought he was a joke. But that Luke Campbell fight, I mean, he showed he's a warrior by getting knocked on his ass. And then getting back up and winning the fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are that's what I want to see, you know, out of uh, out of a fighter. You know what I mean? So, you know, he, he receives a lot of hate. <laughs> I mean, you know, he does, but he, he earned he's... my respect after that fight though.
0: I'm with you, man. Yeah, I mean he he's growing on me. I still just want to see more, but I I want to see that from all of them. I was really high on Tfima Lopez when he fought Lomachenko. I was so impressed. And then what he's done shit since then, man. He got crazy. He's just talking all kinds of weird stuff on Twitter, and he's just kind of disappeared. I hope that he can come back from that because I was really high on him after that point. And just all these dudes just need to just fight and fight each other. And people forget, man, when Ray Leonard and Thomas Hearns fought, they were, I think, 22 and 25 were their ages. I want to say it was, it was maybe 23 and 25, something like that. They were really young guys when they fought the first time. And that first fight and then the second one and all the other fights they had against the other great fighters they they faced built them into the stars. It's not that they tried to become stars, then do the big fights. It was those big fights that made them stars. And that's what's missing in this era, brother. That's what's missing right now. At least with American fighters.
1: Right, right. So I'm saying, Mike. Who do you think? All right. So I, I saw a poll list of um uh of 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 fighters that you want to see Garcia fight. I I, I believe you know uh, it was Romero, it was Tank, Romero, it was uh, Isaac <laughs> Cruz and um Isaac Cruz Romero, um Tank, and uh I forgot the other ones, but I'd rather see him fight. Uh, pitbull or um, romero next other than tank you know what i mean
0: for like That's a develop- well okay I, look and I, I, then i gotta jump man because we're running up on time but like if if you told me so proud, if you told me that garcia next fight was going to be against isaac cruz but then after that he was going to fight tank so like there was a build to it okay i'm cool with it I'm cool with it. If him and Isaac Cruz was on DAZN, regular DAZN, and then the he was going to fight Tank after that on pay per view, okay, I'm cool with it. That's fine. But um, Raul Romero, nah, get that out of here. <laughs> but yo, man, I, got, uh, I gotta get out of here, I, man. I, I,
1: I'll let you, bro. All right, bye. I'll catch up with you next time.
0: All right, thanks a lot, Peace. man. Good call. All right, let me get a couple of Super Chats here, guys, and then we're out. Uh, And I'm sorry, there was several of you on the line holding. I'm sorry, guys, I couldn't get to all of you. Uh, More calls today than I expected because it's a slow week, man. So thank you for all these great calls. Aaron with the Super Chat, thank you so much, Aaron. He said, "Agreed, Mike. Marijuana is the stupidest drug out there. Let's just say I expanded my mind with other substances as a young man in college. Hey, let me stay for the record, I didn't do any of that shit. I, I'm, I've I, I've never done drugs. I mean, if you look technically, I guess alcohol is a drug and caffeine is a drug. Those are the two. Um, if you count those as drugs, the one drug, the one thing I was addicted to when I was a young man was ladies." That was my drug, the ladies. But see, now I'm a married man. So, you know, we're good now. But that's, that's what I, all the time that a lot of my friends wasted being high and really drunk, I was smashing shit. That's what I was doing back at that time. <clears throat> Not that I'm saying I'm proud of it. But that was my drug. Anyway, Rex, just with another super chat. Thank you so much, man. He says, uh, the belts could get stuck in Australia if Cambosos wins. I assume you mean against Devin Haney in the rematch. Here's my thing, Rex. Have you seen anything? Did you see anything in that first fight that makes you think Cambosos can win that rematch? Because I sure didn't. I favor Haney big time in the second fight. In fact, I think he can make... um, adjustments and beat cambosos even more decisively in that rematch that's what i see sam a with another super chat thank you sam says my favorite new fighter is brandon figueroa brandon does he he's got one coming up right uh i'll tell you one thing about brandon he's better than his brother omar he doesn't uh get drunk as much because uh omar had a good run there for a while but boy he likes the bottle. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Figueroa just beat Carlos Castro. See, there's a great example of a guy coming off his first L who took a huge challenge against Stephen Fulton. And that was a good fight. And that was what, that was a unification fight, right? Great fight with Stephen Fulton loses comes right back. It's a great win against Carlos Castro. Boom. There you go. Who gives a shit about a loss guys It's part of the sport. When you step up and you fight, that's what happens. Uh Keith says Figueroa's sister. Yeah, that, that's MVP sister right there. i was saying James DeGale's sister was really good looking, but the Figueroa sister, that, that's some that's all-time great material right there. On that note, <laughs> we're gonna bounce, guys. Um all right, we're out of here. Uh we're gonna do a show uh Friday on my on my, my channel. Ontario on boxing. By the way, I need to correct something. One of you guys in the chat mentioned the International Boxing Hall of Fame has 21,000 Twitter followers. That is more than my Twitter following. So I think I must have been thinking of the BWAA's Twitter following. Sorry. I think um, theirs is a lot smaller than mine. So thank you for correcting me on that. All right, guys, we are out of here and uh, have a great week. I'll see you Friday. Peace.